Hi, am I on the air? Yep. Fuck. Thanks. I've been in the danger zone. <laughs> we got a bad My five stars. Yeah, Mongo. Huh? Yeah, my five. We got for you that. What is going down, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new Am I Still on the Air? That's right, this is the spinoff program where we come together and we talk about a very specific subject. And I'm very happy today. We're going to be talking some Comic-Con news, some big trailers dropped, and uh, we're also going to be paying some respects to an awesome sweaty nerd out there, and that's Mr. John Schnepp. So um, I really wanted to get this going now that Comic-Con ended yesterday, and I reached out to one of my good buddies over here, Mr. Mike Shea from Mike Talks Funny. What up, Mike? Yo, what's up? (laughs) What up, what up? Thank you for joining me, my friend. Of course, happy to be here, man. Yeah, so you know, you know, over the weekend, I know Mike was following along with the trailers, and of course, and uh, he's another fan of John Schnepp as well as I am. So I reached out to him and said, "Hey, man, let's let's do a little let's do a little podcast. Let's get some uh, views and comments out there and uh, break this stuff down." And uh, he obliged me. So thank you again for joining. And um, but yeah, let's start off. We're going to start off on a little bit of a sad note, of course, which I I hate to do. These are the hardest parts. When I'm doing my regular podcast is having to talk about deaths. Um, it is just so hard to segue out of fun entertainment news and then go right into something like that. But I really wanted to talk, you know, if you listen to my last week's show of Am I on the Air, at the end of the episode, I talked about John Schnepp uh, and just kind of what he meant to me and just, you know, kind of just... The feelings I had with the situation that was, he was in critical condition, he was in the hospital, and we were all pulling for him, and we wanted to promote the GoFundMe and really kind of help raise these funds for him, and and here I am a couple, di- you know, not even a week later, and I have to unfortunately tell you guys that he passed, and um, that's a difficult thing to do, I mean, it, it was so abrupt, uh, I just watched Snap last week on two episodes of Heroes, um, you know, and it was really weird because, you know, that Monday and Wednesday edition of Heroes, honestly, he didn't seem himself. You know, he was very low energy. Um, he just seemed like, you know, I was thinking like, oh, he's just getting a cold. He's just, you know, maybe just not feeling the great, the greatest. And uh, all of a sudden he goes into the hospital and we're following his fiance on Twitter, uh, Holly Payne. And, and she says, you know, hey, he checked in. We're going to cancel Comic-Con and. But, you know, he's on to a speedy recovery. If you go back and look at Schnepp's Twitter timeline, he's like, you know, I checked in, I'm on to a full recovery, like, you know, we'll see you guys soon, basically. And, <clears throat> you know, so he's in the hospital for a couple days, and then it takes a turn for the worse, and next thing we know is that he's in critical condition. And it was like, whoa, like, where did this just take this twist, you know? And nobody knew anything, we weren't hearing about what happened, and um, then on Saturday, we get the unfortunate news that he had passed away, um, and we find out that he did have a stroke, and um, he got a blood clot in one of his arteries in his heart, and they couldn't stop the bleeding, and he went into a coma, and his brain activity ceased, and he was basically just a uh, vegetable on life support at that point, and uh, Holly and his family had to make the difficult decision to pull the plug. Um I'm blown away. I'm just, it's weird, man. And, and I 
share the sentiment with a lot of our geek community. I know Mike and just everybody else of just, we felt like we knew this dude, you know, whether you met him or yeah. you didn't, you know, I mean, for me, I, I started watching AMC movie talk. Um, God, what, six, seven years ago, I was watching it from the very, very beginning when it was literally just John Campia, what, Amy Rose, Dennis Zhang, and, and that was pretty much it. And then they started Skyping in this guy, John Schnepp, every once in a while. And and it was cool because whenever he jumped on, I was like, man, I love this guy's opinions. Like, he's, he's a real geeky guy, and he's got all this cool knowledge on, on all these comic book movies and stuff. And then they brought him on to the show full time, and then, of course, the transition into Collider. So it's been many, many, many years. They started the show Heroes a couple years ago, which I... I love, and I think this is the best YouTube, you know, talk show out there, and um, where they just talk about TV, uh, comic book, TV news, movie news, and John just, I whether you agreed with him or you didn't agree with him, like, it was hard to not love the guy, I mean, you know, because I definitely disagreed with him on a lot of things, but I also, oh, yeah. but I, you know, and, and but I never, like, I don't know, some people, it's the way they come off with it. Um, and then, but he just, you know, he would give his opinion and you either agreed or didn't agree, but he was just so funny and, and heartwarming and just the way that he had his team, the way he ran his show, um, you could just tell like he did his thing. I mean, you know, you watch the other Collider shows, they're very, very scripted and they're very just, you know, precise and, and Heroes was just its own kind of bubble that, you know, that he would got to do his own thing and he didn't let nobody tell him how to do it. And, um... You know, it, it really just brought, when I saw you passed over the weekend, I mean, it, it brought me to tears and I felt like, wow, like I, it really hit me like somebody I knew. Um, you know, I guess watching them for six or seven years, I mean, creates that connection. Um, you know, there's been many a time, I, all, I, I just wanted to be on Heroes, man, personally. I wanted to be on Heroes so bad. Yeah. I wanted to, you know, like so many times, I think I had a dream a couple months ago that I went out to California and he invited me on Heroes and, and it was crazy, man, like how much that related over and I remember watching the show just being like, man, I wish I was in on this conversation because I got so much to say about it. Um, but he was such a great guy. He was a director. He did the documentary, The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened, which was a fantastic documentary about the Nicolas Cage Superman movie that never happened with Tim Burton. Um, you know, he did a lot of other things, too. And I know there's a lot of other projects in the works that they're going to try to still get out there. I know Kevin Smith's helping a little bit with some of that stuff. I know Holly's, you know, definitely motivated to get this stuff out. Just a great, genuine guy. <clears throat> and... Um, He's definitely going to be missed. Uh, I know the Collider crew is doing a memoriam uh, episode right now, a movie talk for him. Um, but we wanted to, you know, give our, you know, love and our thoughts and prayers to Holly and the family, the Schnepp family, and just really say what he meant to us. I mean, you know, like we're, we're all sweaties. I mean, that's what we do this stuff for. And, and you know, that term will live forever now because of him, you know, the just being the sweaty nerds that we are, loving comic book movies and, and TV shows and all this kind of nerdy stuff. And w with it happening right at Comic-Con, too, it's just crazy because all I kept thinking out of all this stuff is, what would have Schnepp thought about Shazam and, and Aquaman? And, you know, and, and he's not going to get to see Avengers 4 and how it all plays out. And, uh, you know, and, and it's just, it's sad, man, you know, like, like how it all kind of just phases. And it just, once again, teaches you that life's too short. I mean, he was only, what, 51? 
um, when yeah. he passed, and and it's just and so abrupt too, man. Like I said, that's the biggest thing for me is just you're on TV one second, the next second you're checking in because you just have a cold or you think you're just sick, and then and then four days later you're dead, and it, it just it's scary, man. It's truly truly scary. And uh, but Schnepp, we love you, and you meant a lot, you know, to me and to the whole geek culture. I know that you're you were represented big time at Comic Con this year. Everybody loves you and misses you, and. Uh, you know, turn it over to Mike here, and you know, and give give his thoughts and opinions on the situation. I yeah, uh, just man, I I've been the biggest fan of 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 Schnepp and Collider even back you know when they were over at AMC. I uh, I remember I stumbled onto a video uh, talking about thoughts on uh, I think it was something related to. To, to is this was like pre you know BVS so something was something Man of Steel related or in like the early announcements of Batman I think it was talking about Ben Affleck getting cast as Batman I was like AMC movie talk what what is what is this because where I lived at the time down south the only theaters in town were AMC theaters um so I was like okay well let me see what this is and I was like what the hell is this group of dudes sitting at a desk talking about what I, and and it just I I was fascinated by it. Because the more I watched, the more I was like, "Wait a minute, this is a job. You can, you you can do this." And, <laughs> right. And and to see, and then it cuts over to this big, curly-haired, bearded, just me in twenty years-looking guy, and uh, I was just like, and to hear him talk so passionately about uh, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns, and 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 comic book movies in general i was like who the hell is this guy and then to find out that he had his own show and and to fall in love with it and then i remember when the announcement came that um uh stuff was moving over to collider and there was that big question of you know who's who who's coming with it wasn't clear right away who was coming with and obviously in that transition a lot of people didn't make it. Um, Alicia Malone uh, didn't continue on. Um, Most of the females. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> some of them came back, but like like uh, Amy a- Amy Rose didn't come back. Um, but then to see, thankfully that uh, that that heroes did continue because there's always that fear because this was still in the early, this was still you know like Avengers had come out and all that. But there was always still that fear that people were going to say, oh, well, it's just a comic book superhero show. We don't need to keep that going. And to see that they did and, and gave it a, an extra juice of energy. And, 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 and all of this really boils down to none of that would have had the impact it did on me and give me kind of the outlet I needed to talk and hear thoughts on, on geek culture like it did because of what John Schnapp created with Collider Heroes. And... No matter what, no matter how much I disagreed with something he said or thought he was out of his freaking mind, uh, he always was still passionate about what he was saying. And he was the funniest person to get angry. Nobody was funnier when they were pissed off than John Schnepp. Um, and he, the way he would just make up voices and words and... And you, you know, look at <laughs> it's just oh, scribble, scramp, scribble, scramp, scribble, scramp, scribble, scramp, scribble, scramble. Oh man, 
it just it always just it always made me laugh to see him. Yeah, you know, the, uh, the, the, whis- the whispering they, over the heroes intro killed me every <laughs> single week. Like, hey, what's up, everybody? We're gonna be oh talking about all the good we, stuff in DC and in Marvel. Bad Williams <laughs> kept together this this like highlight reel they were showing in the in the memoriam episode today of Movie Talk. And it was showing uh, Natasha Martinez trying to introduce the show. And she kept looking over at Schnepp, who was just sitting there sniffing an Oreo into the microphone and like munching on a chip. And um, I it was just so, so wonderful Um, when uh, Holly was tweeting out and post on Instagram about uh, John having to go to the hospital uh, when we first saw John tweet out and say hey i'm good i'll be back on my feet in a few days um i knew i knew right then and there everything was going to be fine everything was going to be fine um he was gonna pull through and, and i didn't know what was going on i figured maybe it was you know food poisoning or uh i don't know something something minor that just maybe they wanted to get a get a look at or you know kidney stone Something like that when you know, when you hit fifty one. My dad hit fifty. Man, he had a kidney stone like almost right away. It was like he turned fifty and his body was like, All right, we're right on schedule, kidney stone. Um and then uh Holly started tweeting about John being in critical condition and uh and being unconscious. And uh I reached out to Schmoville and uh an outlaw nation and all those guys and you know got some people to submit some video clips cut together a video real quick to send to holly to show her how many people were thinking of her and um and uh then uh, i woke up uh friday to uh to the message that that john had passed and uh it was it was it felt i had never met john never really interacted with him on twitter uh, like I do some of the other Collider folks, but um, it was like losing a friend. It was like losing somebody I was really tight with. And uh, uh, I've shed some tears the last few days, especially as uh, when Mark Ellis posted the announcement video on the Movie Talk channel, or on the Collider channel, rather. Um, and then they did a 24-hour stream of just everything Schnepp had ever been involved in. And to watch his comic book shopping show where he got to hang out with Will I Am and 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 uh, and Taboo from Black Eyed Peas, where he hung out with uh, Chris Parnell and Sarah Chalk from from Rick and Morty, hanging out with Joseph Hahn from from Lincoln Park, things like that. Um, just to see how much energy and love that he had for what he did was just fantastic. Um, it still doesn't feel real. Um, and I think part of the reason it, it, it hit me as hard as it did, um, was because as, as anybody who's listened to my show knows, uh, my, my, my dad passed away in December and the circumstances were, were very similar. My dad had, my dad had leukemia, but the, 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 almost the step by step to how he passed away to where it was. Hey, he's got to go into the hospital. Something looks a little funky. It had happened before. We didn't think anything of it. Then suddenly he was in critical. Then suddenly he was unconscious. Then suddenly we had to start having that conversation. Then he was gone. And so my heart 
really and truly broke for Holly because she was having to go through uh, what my family and I went through back in December and it mirrored the situation. So almost perfectly. And it just really made me have that appreciation for, for what she was going through because I got to see my mother go through the same thing of, of losing the one that, that you love more than anything. So, um, to kind of bring this all around to end on something a little positive though, um, the death of Superman lives. What happened is one of the finest documentaries ever made. Um, it's part of the reason that I got into filmmaking in the first place. I had already like got into video production, but the thing that really made me want to make films was what was the death of Superman lives. What happened? Um, as soon as I had heard that John passed, I immediately threw that on and I watched all the, all, the whole thing. I watched his interview on Fat Man on Batman with Kevin Smith that he and Holly did talking about it. Um, I still haven't found. Apparently in the bonus features, there's a video of Holly proposing to John, which I didn't realize is what happened. Um, so I'm trying to find that video so I can see it because I think that would just be nice. But if you haven't had a chance to to check out The Death of Superman Lives, what happened, definitely do. And I knew John had had a extensive career. But I didn't. Re- I, I knew he had done Metalocalypse, which is an ag- amazing feat on its own. That's one of the best animated shows ever made. But that he also worked on Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Space Ghost Coast to Coast. I mean, um, that he has that Slayer comic that he worked on. All these things that he'd done, and to see how much of a, of, a, of an outreach he had into into nerd culture. The fact that when he passed away that Kevin Smith, Aaron Paul, Henry Cavill, and Mike Coulter were sending out tweets and Instagram posts about John. The fact that I got to log on to my, to my, works, to my work computer, and, and when you open up the internet, the first thing it goes to is like msn.com, the MSNBC website, and on the front page of the news was like, Metalocalypse creator John, like, like Josh Nett passes away. Like to see that this guy was known in the entertainment industry on a level that I think most Collider fans were not aware of was almost, it it almost helped with the healing because to realize that this guy, he wasn't just some YouTube person who had a small fan base and who was only known in a small, in a small bubble. People knew this guy, people knew John Schnepp. And so to see people reaching out, you know, big name celebrities reaching out and and sending their well wishes to, to Holly and his family was just great. So I know I know the first thing I did was I grabbed my Thor cup and I poured some bourbon in it and I took a shot of shot of bourbon from a Thor cup for Schnepp because it's just it's felt appropriate. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure what else I can say other than just I I, I don't know what the future holds for. Um, his unfinished projects. I know, like you said, uh, Holly and Kevin Smith, and she was just talking about this on Movie Talk. Um, they're working on getting some of those finished, and I can't wait to see some of his other projects. Um, and uh, to the 22 people who thumbs downed on the video, uh, the Collider tribute to John Schnepp, may I just say that I hope you all burn in hell. Uh, yeah. Why? Why would you? I don't know. Yeah. But. So, um, yeah, it's hard, man, but 
he left such a positive impact on the world that, um, you know, it doesn't feel the, the world feels different without him, but the world at the same time feels better for having had him in it. Definitely. Uh, I completely agree. We are all, we are all better people for knowing him and even getting to watch him. Um, yeah, it pisses me off, man, that you brought up the, the thumbs down thing, because I, I noticed that um, on all the videos, man, like straight up from the Mark Ellis announcement that you talked about over the weekend, um, to the live stream, to just the things that have been put up so far, why anybody would bother to thumb down that, I don't really understand. Uh, and part of, me, part of me thinks that it's people saying, like, people need to understand, like, when you thumbs up or thumbs down a video... It's not like Facebook where you're saying this makes me happy or this makes me sad. It's not a it's not an emotion. When you thumbs down a video, you're saying you don't like the video. Right. And and that reflects in their statistics. So when they log in, they're not seeing, oh, twenty two people felt sad. No, they're saying no, they're seeing twenty two people didn't like the video. And it's I, I that's the only logical explanation I can come up with for why somebody would right. thumbs down a memorial video for someone who's passed away, but it's, it's I considering I was, I, I made the mistake of reading some of the messages in the live chat. There are some shitheads out there. And, yeah. and so, yeah, there's always going to be man. Welcome to the internet. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the, uh, the outreach. I mean, you know, like, like I was blown away by the Henry Cavill Instagram post for him. Uh, I thought that yeah. was awesome, man, that he, I mean, he just, he had watched John on Collider, and he had said, you know, even though some things were in my favor and other things weren't, that he still, <laughs> you know, that he still appreciated John's opinion. And, and you know, I even left a comment on Henry Cavill's post of that just saying how much John wanted that Man of Steel 2. You know, he talked about it all the time. Like, he's like, I just want a Man of Steel 2. I just want a Man of Steel 2. And I said, you know, hopefully you can, you know, bring that dream to a reality. Um, you know, like that's, you know, he, he did love Henry as Superman and, and I, I thought that was so cool. I saw the Aaron Paul tweet. I watched the Kevin Smith video of him doing the oh. moment of silence for John and really talking about everything. And that was fantastic. And, uh, so yeah, um, if I keep talking about it, I'm going to probably start crying. So, like, so, you know, I'm, uh, we're, we're going to put it here, you know, like you said, you know, this is, uh. We wanted to pay some respect. We wanted to show our love. He, he's meant a lot to both of us, and and we didn't. We we wanted to be able to talk about that here on the podcast here tonight, and just kind of say what John meant to us, and and how long we've been watching, and and the impact he's had. So, you know, sweaties for life. We love you, John, and uh, rest in peace, brother. And um, you know, hopefully, um, they'll. I'm curious. Do, do you have you heard anything yet on what they're going to do with heroes? I, I don't I know that Heroes is doing their own live episode today with a big panel talking about John as well. Uh, I'm sure Robert and, and Amy are going to be spearheading that. Um, so other than that, I, I don't know. I'm not even sure when that's actually. So I didn't know they were putting a vi- this video up today. Yeah. I assumed they I assumed they were going to because right. um, I know Mark had been Mark and Cody had been saying that, you know, production had ceased for the time being, um, which is why a lot of people, I guess, didn't realize, didn't see that message that, yeah, uh, Collider, because there weren't as many um, videos, uh, because usually when it's Comic-Con, 
YouTube, your stream is just every few minutes. Yeah. It's just videos from Schmoes and Collider. And, you know, after the first day, they kind of stopped because, you know, for obvious reasons. So um, I wasn't sure what they were going to do today. But, yeah, so they, they did confirm in, in the uh, movie talk video that Heroes is doing a big John Schnepp show today as well. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I doubt they'll make any kind of official announcement as far as like going forward yeah. today. They'll probably just let yeah, today live out John. Because yeah. um, I think it would be in poor taste if they didn't. Oh, totally. Yeah. If they're just like, here's the new host, you know, yeah. and it's just, you know, I, I'm just wondering, like, I, I'm so torn on what I would do in that situation with that show. If it would be to continue it on and just assign a new host or if it would be to kind of retool it a little bit and name it something else and kind well, of have it in the vein, obviously of heroes, but let it be its own thing and let heroes go with John. Uh, I almost feel like, you know, kind of keep the same concept, but maybe re rebrand it um, and let it become a, a new thing for a new time uh, and let heroes be with John. I don't know. That's kind of my take on it. What do you think? I mean, that makes sense. I, I, I think for sure, they're going to make sure they have some kind of comic book geek culture show yeah. on the channel because I can't even imagine how much, how many hits that brings to the channel on its own. Yeah. Um. So plus, I mean, plus, I mean, there's a lot of people who work at Collider whose jobs are, you I mean like like Roca? Roca's primary job is to be the producer for Heroes. Right. He puts the show together, the show notes, and everything every day. Uh. So I don't know, but um. I don't know. It's 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 hard to say. Um, they'll. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they've already started having those talks because you have to. I mean, at the end of the day, they they have to keep the ship running, right? Uh, in some shape or form. Uh, exactly. I know some people were kind of um, uh, ticked off that um, I forget what was getting posted on uh on the collider's channel but somebody was commenting that like it was it wasn't cool that they were still posting stuff given that schnepp had passed but it's like you know they still have to work you know right. these people have and it jobs. was comic-con i mean geez you, you, yeah. it's like not the weekend to really cease production at the same time either it's the biggest yeah. weekend of the year really for for that geek culture you know so they had to. They had to do. They had. They had to work. I mean, they were getting paid to work, yeah. and it's you know they have to do their jobs at the end of the day. And you know, at the same time, you also got to remember, like, you know, it, it. It's this is this is cliche as hell, but you know, Schnepp wouldn't want them to stop doing things just because he had passed away. Right. Um, he would want them to continue on and and power through it and. And uh, and and do what they were supposed to do. He, he, he I, I, I can't imagine Schnepp or Hollywood want people to be to be out of work because he had passed away. You know, yeah, so exactly. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'd say after I'd say we'll know more by the end of the week. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens a week from today, I guess. All right. We will see. Well, you know, so 
we're going to try to make a transition here. Uh, speaking <laughs> of <laughs> Comic-Con and, and just kind of keeping in that vein of, of the sweaties and, and all that kind of good stuff for John. Um, we really want to focus down on these trailers that dropped over Comic-Con. Of course, it's always a great place to debut footage. And, and the last couple of years, we've been lucky enough to where they've started releasing some of these trailers online at the same time. Now, I mean, I went to Comic-Con... Oh God, probably about 10 years ago at this point. And I remember everything was so top secret at that point. I mean, it was just, saw a lot of cool footage and none of that was released online, you know, and all I could do is tell people about it. And then, you know, a couple years ago, obviously starting with some of the leaks and different things that were happening, the studios, you know, started to put some of this stuff out. Um, we still don't get to see everything, but I'm glad that some of the bigger stuff does come out to the public. And uh, we had five really big trailers drop. Um, over the weekend, and uh, we'll start off. Yeah, with, we did. Yeah, <laughs> we'll start off with Glass, which uh, is the sequel to Unbreakable and to Split um, from M Night Shyamalan. This is pretty crazy, man. If you've watched Split, now spoiler alert. Obviously, <laughs> I, I think you yeah. know the, the twist has been spoiled in this trailer. If you, if you're too far behind and you haven't seen Split yet, but um, at the end of Split with James McAvoy. <laughs> Uh, you see Bruce Willis's character, David Dunn, from Unbreakable, and you find out that it's in the same universe. And um, then we knew we were going to get this sequel. And um, so here we go with Glass basically bringing everybody together. We got Bruce Willis back, Samuel Jackson back, James McAvoy back, and uh, Mr. Glass himself is trying to recruit the beast of James McAvoy, and they're going to have some kind of supervillain team. And, of course, uh, Bruce Willis's character going after him as the superhero. Um, you know what? This is awesome, man. I just, uh, I loved Unbreakable. And, uh, of course, you know, we all know Shyamalan just kind of dropped off the hill. And those last, you know, handful of movies were just so horrible. And then he came out with that little low-budget movie, The Village, uh, not The Village, um, The Visit, uh, a couple mm -hmm. years ago. And um, it was like, okay, that's not too bad. And then Split hit last year, and Split was awesome. I loved Split. And when that twist happened at the end, I was like, holy shit, like, this is tied in with Unbreakable? That's awesome. And then Split became a massive hit, so he got to be, you know, he got this opportunity to make this sequel. And um, seeing this all kind of come together, it's unique, man. It's, it's something that really hasn't been done with basically, like, one franchise and then another one and then linking them together. And then now we got this, like, you know, just combination movie of everything going on i i thought james mcavoy should have got an oscar nomination for how awesome he was in split um he just carrying on all the different personalities and everything he did and it looks like he's going to continue that on in this one um i'm hoping bruce willis is super dialed in for this one because he's been so dialed out for so long uh, that I'm hoping he's come to play. I'm, I always know Samuel Jackson's ready to play. So um, I love this trailer, man. It really got me intrigued. I can't wait till next year to see this thing. It was nice to have some footage. And, um, yeah, I, I really, really dug it. So what's your thoughts on Glass, man? Yeah, yeah I mean, when I, saw, when I saw Split, I was slowly creeping back aboard the Shyamalan train. Um, if you, if you watch my Stardust reaction to the glass trailer, I'm not the biggest Shyamalan fan, never really have. Uh, but, uh, the two films of his that I always go back to as being great works of great works of film are the sixth sense and unbreakable. 
Um, Unbreakable was such a great movie. And to see that tag at the end of Split, I, 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 I'm pretty sure I shouted like pretty loud in the theater, like, what? Um, geez. And so, so, and so for him to say, like, yeah, we're going to do this movie that brings the two together. And I'm like, Shyamalan, like, stop trying to make me a fan, dude. Like, I'm going to need you to chill. Like, it's almost like he's doing this just for me. He wants me to be a fan. And, and so that's kind of how it feels. Um, the trailer was uh, was intense because, um, because like you said, with Split, the fact that McAvoy did not get an Oscar nomination for that is is just insulting. Um, and to see what they're how they're tying his mania in with just the the criminal genius that is that is Mister Glass, that is Samuel L. Jackson's character. Because, like I said, you know, you've seen Unbreakable. You 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 find out how many things he's orchestrated. This frail little dude who can who can't even you know shake a hand without without breaking it. That he's able to. He's such a mastermind, and to see him teaming up with somebody as insane as as James McAvoy's character is. Ah, it it just it makes me so so giddy with excitement. Um, I like the addition of Sarah Paulson and I, I, the trailer, the trailer really showcased what we're going to see, which is just a complete unhinged, um, different take on, a, for lack of a better word, a superhero film. Um, Bruce Willis is, you know, unbreakable. A lot of people, I think, I think, and not to make it sad again, but I think John Schnepp is one of the people who had said that when you first watch Unbreakable, you're not sure what to think of it, but when you go back and rewatch it as a superhero film, it elevates it immensely. And so to see that take in the modern, we're in the modern age of superhero films, and so there's, you know, there's there's uh, some big footsteps to walk in in that case. So to see something that's going to be truly original, truly art house. Um, in this world that Shyamalan is creating, I I can't wait to see it. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's really really cool. First name Mister, last name Glass. Um, yeah, just such a cool idea. Um, I know he says he always planned Unbreakable to be a trilogy, so that was really cool that he's just <laughs> 18 years later he was able to figure it out and kind of piece it all together. Uh, it, it shows that old school Shyamalan that, that really came out and, and won everybody over in those early days. So hopefully it turns out to be an amazing movie. Um, the next trailer that dropped and I don't know what your feelings are on these, on these franchise. So I'm going to probably rest more on you if you're a fan, because, uh, it's for fantastic beast, the crimes of Grindelwald. Um, I am not a Harry Potter fan. I am not a fan of the uh, Fantastic Beast movies, and really don't really care to be honest. And um, but it was a big trailer, and that's why I didn't want to just skip over it. Uh, so um, 
guessing you might probably be a fan, so I will let you Pretty roll. Pretty big fan. There you go, see? So I will let you roll with what you thought about the, technically the second trailer, but really the first full, full-on, uh, where you get details of the story and everything for this Fantastic Beast sequel. Oh, I'm so on board. I'm so on board. Um, I loved the first Fantastic Beast movie. I know people had some kind of mixed feelings about it because this was the first time that we've seen a Harry, uh, what is essentially a Harry Potter film, um, more or less from an adult's perspective. Um, the, the first eight movies that are based on the seven books are about young wizards in school. They're kids taking on the big, scary adult world. And that's kind of a minimalistic look, way to look at it, but that's what it is. Um, Fantastic Beasts was full-grown adult Harry Wizarding World perspective. Um, and not only that, but also in the 20s, post-World War I, um, in a very different time, dealing with a character who is... Um, I, I actually found, uh, his character, Eddie Redmayne's character, Newt Scamander, very relatable. He's a guy who doesn't do well with people, but when he's in his element with his creatures, he, he shines. And so I really liked the movie. And so to see this one, the crimes of Grindelwald, where we're again, branching out more into this adult world of wizards in, in, in the olden times during very dark times. It's a very, you know, the Harry Potter films, as as dark and serious as they could get at the end of the day, they were still family films. Not to say that this one won't be, you know, something the family can go see. But again, these are these are Wizarding World movies more geared towards adult thinking and adult mentality. And so I'm so curious to see how they're going to continue to expand this universe that is the Harry Potter world. Um, I'm glad to see so much of the cast is back. I am beyond curious to see how things go with uh, Johnny Depp's portrayal of Grindelwald. This is a character that we never really saw or experienced in the books. His name was there, but we he you know he was long gone by that point. Um, you know, with everything going on, you know, with Johnny Depp and the press notwithstanding, um, I think he really does well when he has these kind of bizarre characters he plays um, as long as he doesn't try to ham it up too much, like everything after the first Pirates movie. But Johnny Depp ham it up? Come on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so, but with as far as this just this trailer goes, um, I love all of the Jude Law Dumbledore. I'm so excited to see what he does with that. I'm a big fan of Jude Law. Um and I just, I love the look and style of it. It doesn't look, it looks like a dark film. And I know people get a little tired of things being too, doesn't have to be dark to be good. And that's entirely correct. But in a universe that has always been so bright and colorful and full of light, even the darkest Harry Potter film was still a very lighthearted film. This one looks like it's going to be very serious, and I'm sure there will be some humorous moments in it, but it's going to, it looks like it's going to be a very serious film set within this world, so I am beyond excited and curious to see how they're going to explore that. 
Um, and uh, I'm just, yeah, I, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, and I love anything to do with magic and mysticism and the occult. So I'm, I'm 100% on board for this one as well. Well, there you go. See, that's why I had him on, ladies and gentlemen. So you can talk about <laughs> the uh, Fantastic Beast and, and that whole world that I have no uh, knowledge of. So <laughs> I will let, be me. <laughs> there you go. So there you go. So I won, I'm glad we were able to discuss. Uh, our next trailer is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And uh, this here is the long-awaited sequel. I mean, long-awaited sequel Yo. for Godzilla, from which feels like they did that movie like 10 years ago at this point. Um, but we finally, and it's still not even out till next year. So I was like, ugh, a piece of me thought it came out at the end of this year. And I was like, oh my God, still 2019. So we're still off here. Um, but this was a hell of a trailer. It actually took me by surprise the direction they're going into. Because basically it looks very uh, Roland Emmerich, end of the world style and we need the help of the Titans to come and save the day, and and we're going to find Godzilla and Mothra and, and all this stuff, and so many creatures, so many things going down. Uh, obviously, this universe is blowing up. Uh, we know in 2020 we're going to get Godzilla versus King Kong, which is going to be yeah, we um, are yeah, which is going to be great because I loved Kong Skull Island, um, and. Uh, you know, so I'm looking forward to the big showdown between Kong and Godzilla, which I, I know a lot of people are wondering if Kong's going to be in this one. I don't think he is. I think they're going to save that, obviously, for the big, you know, team-up movie. They might tease it in an after-credits, you know, stinger or something. But, um, yeah, this was crazy, man. I mean, you, you got Eleven over here from Stranger Things up in this uh, with uh, Vera Farmiga, who's always awesome in everything she does. And um, she... From what I understand about her character, she can actually speak to the creatures and they kind of do her bidding and different things like that. So um, this just looks balls to the wall crazy, man. And I have been promised that there is a ton more of Godzilla in this film, which was my biggest gripe about the original Godzilla film, was that you didn't even get the damn guy until the last you know 15 minutes of the movie, um, other than a bunch of teases. And... Um, so I'm glad to hear we're going to have more. I'm glad that we got like literally every other kaiju that we could possibly get in this thing. And like I said, all I, all I can say is this looks batshit crazy. And I am very, very stoked for Godzilla King of the Monsters next year. So what would you think of this one, man? Oh, my God. I, I, I didn't know we were getting this one because the day before, all we got was like this little like, 15 20 second teaser of just millie bobby brown in like some underground bunker on a radio trying to contact monarch and then like the feed comes through when she hears destruction and screaming and roaring and then it just cuts away and it was like godzilla king of the monsters 20 i was like that's it that's all this is comic-con and that's all we're getting is the teaser for the next godzilla i was i was pissed um, and then the next day, Warner Brothers was like, no, nah, we got you, buddy. We got you. Um, and so I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, snap, that's that's King Ghidorah. We're going to get Godzilla. Wait, why are they showing Mothra? Wait, Mothra's in this, too. Oh, and Rodan. Oh, my God. It just, it just kept going and going and building <laughs> up. And then there's that shot of Godzilla rearing his head out of the water and just that plume of blue flame goes into the clouds and uh my nipples got hard 
Uh, um, I just, holy, this thing set my skin on fire. You got sweaty. I got, I, oh, I got sweaty. I got a lot more just sweaty, let me tell you. Um, I love Vera Farmiga, uh, caster and everything. Um, where I'm nervous is with the director because it's directed by Michael Doherty. And I like Michael Doherty because he directed X2 and he directed Trick or Treat, which are, are two very good films. But he also directed Superman Returns. And he also directed Krampus. And uh, he also worked on, or you know, he didn't direct X2, he wrote for X2. Yeah, it was like, X2 uh, was Brian Singer. And I was going to say, yeah. Brian, sorry, Brian Singer he, he, also did Superman Returns, so. Yeah, he was the writer on X2 and Superman Returns, but he was the writer and director for Krampus. He was also the writer that did X-Men Apocalypse. So I'm a little, I I'm a little. Krampus. Uh, Krampus was okay. Krampus was it was weird, but at the same time, now I will say I will contradict myself here because Gareth Edwards directed the first Godzilla, and I had a lot of problems with. I liked the first Godzilla, but I didn't like how little Godzilla was actually in it. But then Gareth Edwards went on to do Rogue One, which is currently my favorite Star Wars film, just barely beating out The Empire Strikes Back. So I've been proven wrong before. Um, so, but everything in this trailer was just, it was just, Hey, are you a Godzilla fan here? We're going to give you everything you could possibly want in this movie. This is, this feels like such fan service in the best way possible. And the fact that it's building up towards Godzilla versus King Kong, which we're getting the year after. And by King Kong, I mean King Kong from Kong Skull Island, which was a very underrated film. Um, I'm just so excited um, to to counter your point a little bit. I think I don't think we're going to see King Kong in Godzilla King of the Monsters, but I think there will be a post credits tease because the Kong Skull Island had one um, where the scientists or whatever were showing like, oh, blah, blah, blah. We found that other creatures like Kong existed and like they see like what looks like a, like an X-ray scan of the island and there's like this giant skeleton that kind of looks like Godzilla underneath the island and like you can hear like the echo of like the Godzilla roar in the background. So I think we'll get something akin to that. I think there will be like somebody uncovers a file that has like, you know, it's like this, this, top secret file of what went down on skull Island or something. So I think we'll get that tease, but I, 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 I will say, I don't think we're actually going to see Kong in the movie again. Could be wrong. Who knows? Maybe Godzilla's getting overpowered by all three of these monsters at once. And then all of a sudden King Kong comes in swinging a tree. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, just, this looks so, so good. Um, I, I can't wait. I just, yeah. Godzilla King of the Monsters, big fan. Uh, yeah. I'm on. Yeah, buddy. All right. Well, now we get into the DC area of things. Um, you know, a lot of people love, there's a big love and hate relationship when it comes to the DC films, uh, the DC extended universe, the, 
um, you know, the DC EU, which is now officially titled Worlds of DC, um, which I don't. I like I, that they did that. Ah, uh, see, I, well, I I like that they officially made a damn name for the damn thing. Yeah, um, that's what I. But uh, I don't love the name. <laughs> Worlds of DC is not something that rolls off the tip of my tongue. Um, they need no. something like the MCU, and the, I, I didn't mind the DCEU, you know, like. Um, I, I think the reason they they made it so drastically different is because they wanted to continue to create that degree of separation between them and yeah. uh, Marvel. Also, because they're having their Netflix streaming service called the DC Universe. Yeah, I think they wanted to make sure that they're. I don't think. I think they. I think the reason they made the name of their cinematic universe so different is to create as much of a degree of separation as possible. Because mm-hmm. if I say the DC Universe, oh, you mean that streaming service? No, I mean the film universe. Right. Aren't they connected? No, but they're named the same. It gets confusing. Well, that's why it was the DC Extended Universe for the movies, and then you just I hated the DC that Universe. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Orson have called that. it the, the DCFU. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> I like it. That's, that's, remember, that's what Snap, <laughs> Snap called it I know. Time, which always cracked me up. I was like, man, they're not calling it the um but you know what so so i'm a big dc fan i love dc i mean growing up i was always more superman batman you know like those were that was my jam i only got into marvel really you know later in years with x-men and stuff like that and then obviously when the film universe blasted off uh they've just killed it and and so that made me more of a marvel fan from really just the mcu um but but so the DC universe, um, for as much hate as it gets, I, I'm a fanboy and I and I love it. Man of Steel, I think, is one oh, of yeah. the best um, comic book movies of all time. I love Henry Cavill as Superman. I love Man of Steel. Um, I am a massive supporter of Batman v Superman, especially the Ultimate Edition. Um, you know, I just I get Zack Snyder's vision. I know what he was looking for, and I think those movies are pretty damn epic. Um, and and I really dug Justice League. I think it was a fun ass movie when it came out last year. I saw it multiple times in the theater, and it definitely bums me out that it didn't make the money that it should have made. Um, because I thought we got an amazing Superman, you know, comeback in that film. Um, I love the team dynamic in the film, you know, seeing Aquaman for the first time and Flash and Cyborg. I mean, I thought everybody really killed it in that movie, and it's unfortunate that it didn't get the props that I feel like it definitely deserved uh, with all the mix-up over the directors and everything. Obviously, everybody loved Wonder Woman, um, but, you know, it's definitely been an up-and-hill battle. Um, This was Warner Brothers' year for film um because marvel stepped out of comic-con this year and it was dc's you know time to take the reins and they came out and they and this was this was a trailer i was surprised we got i thought this would be one that was just for the fans and that's the shazam trailer so this movie doesn't come out till april of next year so i was like okay i know they're going to show stuff because they're done filming but I really didn't think we were going to get anything. And lucky enough, we did. We got actually a three-minute trailer um, showing really the whole story of, you know, young Billy Batson bouncing around from foster home to foster home, goes home to his new family. Uh, The little kid from It is there, and um, he uh, is – he's a sweaty. That's what's awesome about it is is that he knows about – 
all of this universe and he's a big fan of superman and batman and you see it is tied into the DC, uh the worlds of dc <laughs> and um <laughs> you know he's got a batarang on his wall you know and there's a newspaper clipping from the daily planet that talks about superman being back you know different things like that and and so he's trying to teach billy about comic books and all this stuff and um, of course, Billy meets the wizard, he says Shazam, he becomes the big superhero Shazam, which of course is played awesomely by Zachary Levy, um, who I've loved for so many years, I mean, since Chuck, you know, like, I just, I love Zach Levy, and I'm so happy for him that he's getting an opportunity like this, I remember when he got cast, I was like, damn, that was out of left field, but I love it at the same time, like, I never assumed, you know, we're all thinking, like, it's gotta be somebody as big as The Rock, right, it's gonna be John Cena, it's gonna be all these different kinds of guys, and then they picked Zach Levy, and it was like, Oh, okay, but I dig it, and especially when you really start to think about what Shazam is, and that's a little kid pretty much in a superhero body, who could play that better than Zachary Levy? Probably nobody, because though you see it play off in this trailer, you know, he's still got that mentality of that, you know, 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid, but he's in this, you know, Superman body now at this point. And, um, and of course, his friend, being the sweaty that he is, is like, oh, shit, we got to test out these powers. Like, what can you do? Can you fly? And he's trying to fly, and he falls. And, you know, and, and oh, you got super strength when he punches the wall. And, um, you know, and then when the whole scene with uh, him stopping the robbers at the convenience store and then getting shot, and he's like, I'm immune to bullets. Oh, you're so dead. And he throws the guys out the window. And then I loved it because as they're walking out of the convenience store, he's like, sorry about your window, but you're welcome for not getting robbed. <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's just the the humor plays so nice. This is the lighthearted side of DC that I think people have been waiting for and people have been really wanting. Uh, this is big meets Superman, and I think the combination of that is perfect. Uh, Mark Strong is the villain in this, and I've always loved Mark Strong. I think he should have been Lex Luthor. He was my pick for Lex. Um, you know, I still wish he'd be Sinestro when they do Green Lantern again, because he was so awesome in that as well, and never got to fully be the yellow Sinestro that we all wanted. Um, he, he's so great. We only got to see him in, like, one scene when he's like, oh, you're the, you're the big villain, <laughs> you know, and you're the bad guy. Um, but this was a great open door teaser to get people invested. A lot of people don't even know who the hell Shazam is. My wife was like, who the hell is Shazam? You know, and I had to show her the trailer and then she was like, okay. And then she got a better idea for it. And, and she even thought the trailer was great, you know? So this is exactly what we needed. It's exactly what I had hoped Shazam would look like and be like when we got the trailer. And, uh, this ramped up my expectations through the roof man i'm so excited to see shazam come april so uh what'd you think of this one mike oh the big red cheese is upon us um he is a character okay and i first of all like you huge dc fan i i read both growing up but i always gravitated more towards dc because where i think marvel really shines is with their character design and their character creation I think where DC kicks the crap out of Marvel is with their story, their storytelling. Um, and that's just my opinion. Um, there are some great stories in Marvel. There are some shitty stories in DC. But I don't like it too much when people draw too many parallels between uh, the DC films and the Marvel films. Because they they Marvel creates films the same way they create their comic books. The style of filmmaking they do mirrors their comic book 
creation. And I personally feel like DC does the same things. Was Batman v Superman very long, at times slow, and very dark? Yes, but that's how DC tells stories in their comic books. If you read Batman the Dark Knight Returns, the one that everybody raves as this, as you know, the holy grail of Batman comic books, it's a slow burn. It's very involved. It's very dark. Um, but that being said, I do think that DC has finally started to take a few points from the way Marvel makes their films. And, and what I mean is this. When Guardians of the Galaxy was announced, nobody knew who the hell that was. I didn't even know who the hell that was, and I read a lot of comic books. Yep. When they announced it, I was like, who are the Guardians of the Galaxy? Let me Google it. Oh, it's a raccoon in a tree? Well, okay. Um, it was weird. But that first trailer they had for the film, where it was just the characters getting arrested and getting processed and us getting introduced to who these characters are, was brilliant because we didn't know who these characters were. Um, they did a similar thing with Ant-Man with a lot of the characters that aren't as well known. You want that first trailer to say, Hey, here's who this is. And I think the Shazam trailer did that really well. This is a comic book character that everybody at some point in their life has seen, but know nothing about. Um, Shazam is a film you can't just make for fans because the casual movie going audience is not going to have a clue who he is. And I thought this trailer did a phenomenal job of establishing here's Billy. Here's what his personality's like. Here's his situation. Here's how he gets his powers. Here's how he turns into, 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 into this big muscly dude. Um, and here's what the big muscly dude can do. So I took, there are some points there also, as far as the tone, and the and and just the level of fun and levity that this film seems to like it's going to have, it reminds me a little bit of of Spider-Man: Homecoming, which is just this hero who can do amazing things, but what's he doing with those with those abilities? He's stopping a convenience store from getting robbed. He's setting up a a half pipe and practicing his powers. You know the way they set up. You know, the fact that we get to see the, you know, the kid holding up the the notebook paper that says like flight test, right? You know, test one. It's like, it's like, okay, so they're, they're vlogging about learning to be a superhero. That feels like what we saw a little bit in Spider-Man Homecoming. And I'm not bringing this up to say, oh, they're copying. I'm saying, hey, they're, they're taking some notes from what people have liked and putting their own take on it. And with Shazam, I giggled like an idiot throughout the entire trailer um, when he when he meets the wizard and he's like, my name is Shazam. And he straight up laughs. It's like, yeah, I would, too, because let's be honest, it's a dumb name, but that's fine because of what he can do and what he does with it. When you're like you said, when he when he stops the convenience store from being robbed and it's like, sorry about your window, but, you know, you're welcome for not getting robbed, I guess. Hey, what's up? I'm a superhero. He's walking around. Your phone's charged. Your, your phone's, phone's charged. charged. Your phone's charged. <laughs> it's, there's just there's so much fun to be had with this character, and, and you're right. Some people felt like DC was lacking in the, for lack of a better word, the fun category, um, because man of because up until now 
Man of Steel, BVS, Wonder Woman, Justice League have all been very serious films. Yes, there were moments of humor and levity in them, but they were serious films. Suicide Squad was a fun romp. Suicide Squad is what it is. It's it's fine. It's whatever. Um, I have my own video about that if you guys want to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> but so for them to say, and, and like you said, like they just finished rap or uh, shooting on this. So I figured we were going to get some some kind of Shazam panel. You know, it would it would be like, hey, here's some production shots. Here's some behind the scenes footage. You know, the, the fact that we got a full trailer uh, is is fantastic. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that this trailer was just quite simply, OK, here's all the footage we have finished so far. Let's just let's just put that in a trailer. OK, here we go. The Star Wars has done that. It's like, OK, here's what we have done. Here, here's the trailer. Uh, Wonder Woman did that. Um uh, it was it was it was the surprise. I had no expectations for for a Shazam presence or presentation at a Comic Con this year, and I'm so glad I got it. Um, like I said, the big red cheese is upon us. Uh, and when they had been saying, "Oh, hey, we're working hard on a Shazam film," I kind of found myself rolling my eyes pretty hard. Like, there's no, don't. Why? Why would you? Now that I've seen the trailer, I cannot wait for April of next year. <laughs> I cannot wait for this movie to come out. Um, my buddy, who's not a big, he's not big on DC like at all. He saw the trailer and was like, "Holy shit, this looks funny as hell!" Like he can't wait. Now he can't wait to see it. It looks awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, I can't wait for Shazam now. I can't believe I'm saying that I can't right. wait for Shazam. <laughs> Good old Shazam. Excuse me. So, yeah, awesome, awesome trailer. Um, like you mentioned, Wonder Woman. They did do a Wonder Woman panel. Um, they have only been filming for three weeks, so they showed like a minute-long kind of quick action scene that happened in a mall um, with Wonder Woman fighting some people and then her running down the street chasing somebody. Um, it was that was it. They said they still had 20 more weeks to go on filming, so we didn't yeah. get anything that we could watch. It was just for the fans that are in attendance, and of course they're keeping very hush on how the hell Chris Pine is back, which I, I can't was wait I to was see. surprised they did anything for Wonder Woman at Comic Con, honestly. You know what Comic Con's? You know, like I said, man, like I went a long time ago, but for the most part, studios, as long as they've been filming for a couple weeks, they'll bring something. Uh, you know, like you mentioned with Guardians of the Galaxy, like they, when the first Guardians came out, that was the same exact thing. They had j only been filming for less than a month, and uh, they showed that footage there of, of them in the lineup and, and introducing themselves and all that stuff like that. They, they wanted to get that done and processed in time to at least show the crowd. And for the most part, that's what they'll always try to do, even if it is just a minute. They'll, they'll try to show you some kind of sizzle reel or something, even if they're like, hey, our, you know, I mean, last year at Comic-Con, they showed Aquaman footage, you know, and it wasn't. They were like, yeah. they're like, we, we haven't even, you know, begun really most of the CGI on this thing, but we still want to show you something, you know. So, um, yeah, so that's the cool thing about Comic-Con is that they, they usually always bring something in pocket to, to show you. So that's uh, that was really cool. I mean, the year I went to Comic-Con, it was uh, about a year before Iron Man 2 came out. And um, 
and I remember they said the same thing. They were like, we've only been filming for about a month, so we can't really show you much. So they, they showed us like a real quick like behind-the-scenes thing. And then, and then Robert Downey was like, nah, we got to show him more. And then, and then they showed like literally a full on trailer. And I was like, holy oh. shit, man, they've only been filming this thing for like a month. And they literally gave us a full trailer with like whiplash going down the street, you know, whipping his thing and just, uh, just a whole bunch of footage. And I was just like, damn, man, they, they put that together quick for us, you know, just to, just to have something for us. So that was really cool because, I mean, yeah, an official trailer for that movie didn't come out for like eight more months after Comic-Con. Yeah. So, oh, so, yeah. So we got real lucky on that one. But uh, so sticking with DC, they ended, of course, with their next film out the gate, which comes out in December. And as Schnepp always called it, Waterman. Right? <laughs> so, uh, so Aquaman, we got the first full trailer. We know we've been waiting on this one forever. And then James Wan a couple weeks ago said, hey, you know, it waits over at, Com- uh, at Comic-Con. And uh, so we get the first full trailer. Once again, I was blown away by it. I absolutely loved it. I think, you know, Jason Momoa is an awesome Aquaman. I thought he was great for what he did in um, Justice League, and I was looking very forward to continuing that journey. And this one here, you get a little bit of that backstory. You see the origin. I loved him in the aquarium as a little kid and getting pushed around, and the shark's like, hey, (laughs) leave that boy alone. (laughs) And then all the fish are, like, looking at out the window of the aquarium. I was like, that's awesome. And uh, just the the visual aesthetic of the film – you know, Momoa having to go back to Atlantis and just seeing Atlantis uncovered, um, looking like the beautiful, awesome underwater city that I had hoped it to be. Um, you know, Ocean Master, Patrick Wilson coming back is playing Ocean uh, Ocean Master, his half-brother. Um, Black Manta, dude. I was, I am so excited that they kept his suit literally almost a hundred percent accurate to the comic book it looks so good it's so good man i seen the trailer when he shoots the lasers out of his helmet i was like oh my god i was like they actually (laughs) left it alone you know and um seeing just the you know the the battle of the seven seas and just the armies and there's that one shot on the boat where him and Mara jump off and when they hit the water you see all the fish and everything just kind of following them like a tunnel straight down and it's such a cool shot um there's still a lot of haters out there that are like oh Aquaman's gonna suck and I was like this is before the trailer and I was like man I have so much faith in James Wan and I know like he's being so meticulous about this movie and we still have till December so they're still going to be tweaking and working on this thing and watching dialogue spoken underwater and it actually looked pretty fucking cool you know and and seeing that oh man the only thing I think they've done wrong so far is that a first official poster I thought was kind of janky that they put out um yeah. I, I didn't I I'm like why the fuck's he in leather pants under the water and all this stuff like he should have been in his Aquaman suit. But uh, you know but just nitpicking a little bit but the trailer I thought was was phenomenal. I thought it looked it looks like an epic tale of just above sea, under sea, just everything going for it. Uh, Mara looks fantastic. Uh, Nicole Kidman looks awesome. I mean Seeing everything come together, we already talked about Black Mana, Ocean Master. There's so much more we haven't even begun to see in this film, and uh, I'm so excited for this thing, man. And uh, 
I think that they just shut down a bunch of haters uh, coming out with this trailer and just showing people what's up. So I loved the Aquaman trailer. So what do you think about this one when it dropped after Shazam? We mentioned earlier that my nipples got hard watching the Godzilla trailer. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, this one just just turkey's done, man. I was so so happy with what I because I because I kept telling myself for months. This movie comes out in December. Why the hell have we not had a trailer? And because I'm an idiot, not once did it cross my mind that it would be at Comic-Con. But as soon as Comic-Con weekend started, it just hit me. I was like, oh, we're getting it this weekend. Even before James Wan said anything, even before Momoa posted that video from Hawaii, I was like, We're getting something this weekend. We have to be. If we don't, I was convinced if we didn't get a trailer from Comic-Con, that Aquaman was doomed. Not that it wasn't going to come out, but that that would just mean that, okay, the studio has no faith in it at this point. Um, See, Mike wasn't following along with the Am I on the Air news because I broke several weeks ago (laughs) (laughs) that the Aquaman trailer was going to that the Aquaman trailer was going to debut at Comic Con. So it it was they had made an official announcement almost a month ago saying like, "Hey, it's coming at Comic Con." So they had put the date out there already. So there was a countdown kind of leading up to Comic Con for it. So there was no it wasn't a surprise honestly that that it dropped. I'm glad it was for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty plugged into the movie sphere, but it's been a busy couple of months, um, just with everything going on in 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 movies and going to try and see everything, and and so I, I just completely missed that. But uh, uh, this trailer was everything I could have hoped for. Um, the look and design and feel of Atlantis is just breathtaking. Um, there are still the haters out there. Uh, I read some article yesterday that said, oh, it's just Black Panther underwater. It's like, well, Black Panther was good, so why is that a bad thing? <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it, you, you know what, you know what, yeah, okay, so what, so, so the guy, the half-brother returns home to demand the throne. Black Panther wasn't even the first one to do that story, y'all. Chill out, okay? It's, everything's been done at least once before. There's not, there's not really a whole lot of original storytelling these days. Um, it, the, the the it's still a little little early, but even for where we're at now, I thought this a lot of the CGI looked very good. Um, the the costume designs are fantastic, and I just yeah, my brain is so locked on the look of Black Mana, I can't even. Oh, it's just he looks so cool because that is a character that you could make look lame really easily. Like you could make Black Mana look dumber than hell if you're not careful, and they made him look like awesome evil underwater Iron Man, and I love it. Um, that shot you mentioned of him just eye blasting was just fantastic. Uh, I'm a big Patrick Wilson fan. I was so happy when he got cast as as Orm as as uh, as Ocean Master. Um, it looks like we're getting uh, uh, this 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 fight between the two of them that's just going to be fantastic. Uh, Nicole Kidman as 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 the queen mother is, is just brilliant casting as well. Um, Amber Heard, I'm okay with, I'm, I've never been the biggest Amber Heard fan admittedly. So when they said she was cast as Mara, I was just kind of like, eh, okay. Yeah, she looks good. Um, we'll see how she does. Um, she had a very small part in justice league. And so that didn't really sell me, but it was a small part. So I really didn't think anything of it. Um, and 
anybody who comes out from anybody who comes out of this trailer and says that Momoa is a bad Aquaman, I, I have no respect for. Um, a buddy of mine, because I was reading comics in the 90s when Grant Morrison was doing Aquaman, when Grant Morrison had that run on the JLA where you had armored rock star hook for a hand, King of Atlantis, Aquaman. That was my Aquaman. For a lot of people, their Aquaman was super friends, you know, orange shirt, red tights, throwing water balls, basically Mermaid Man from SpongeBob. Um, my Aquaman was always Grant Morrison's Aquaman. So I never thought Aquaman was lame. I never thought Aquaman was lame because that's not the Aquaman that I knew. I knew the one that we're getting. I remember before Batman v Superman came out, when that first image of Jason Momoa in the armor with the trident as Aquaman got posted that said, Unite the Seven. Yeah. Uh, when that image was first released, I immediately was like, I don't care what I don't care about anything else that happens. We will never have a better Aquaman than Jason Momoa. Um, I loved him as Cal Drogo in Game of Thrones. That was like the only I've not stayed up with Game of Thrones because I don't have the time. But the bit of Game of Thrones I have seen is when he was on there as Cal Drogo and he was fantastic. Um, also, that show he has, The Frontier, on Netflix. Watch it if you haven't seen it yet. Um Aquaman looks like this underwater, otherworldly adventure that we didn't know we needed until now, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, Warner Brothers absolutely crushed Comic-Con this year. I have no idea why Marvel chose not to have a presence in San Diego this year, um, but uh, at the same time, I'm glad they didn't because it let Warner Brothers have their time to really shine because I feel like if Marvel had been there this year, not that their stuff would have been better, but because people's uh, opinions and love for DC is kind of mixed right now, no matter what DC did this year, I feel like Marvel, it would have been cast under Marvel's shadow. So I'm glad that Warner Brothers and DC had this year to really shine and, and show what they have coming and really show what they can do when they've got their feet planted in the ground and, and have a plan and come prepared. Definitely. <clears throat> My only gripe where I think they could have really solidified Comic-Con was some announcements. I, I th was waiting for that official announcement on the Batman, you know, is, is, is yeah. what's Matt Reeves doing? When's the movie coming out? Is it going to be Ben? Are we introducing a new Batman you know, Man of Steel 2, like we talked about. Um, you know, talk a little bit more about the Joker movie that they're doing with Joaquin. Like, this was their real big opportunity to talk about the universe. And instead of just doing the individual panels and just doing these three movies, this was their chance to solidify the game plan going forward, you know, over the next couple years. You know, Margot Robbie's going to start filming that Birds of Prey movie in a couple months. You know, there's other things in the works that they're rolling on, and this would have been a great chance to have them come out and just at least solidify what the game plan is, because I'm tired of not knowing. You know, we know what's up with Marvel. Marvel, Marvel releases their phase, and we know exactly what movies are going to happen over those next couple years, and over here, we kind of just get, you know, we get a lot of in-production and then we don't get a lot of confirmations. And this was their chance to say, 
here's what we got and here's what we're going to be doing and it kind of sucks that we didn't get any of that i i have two schools of thought on on why that was because you're right they didn't do a lot of announcing i have a couple schools of thought on that first of all that's what they did last year and it backfired really hard well you know last year though all they did was put up that sign that just like, had all the logos, and that was it. There was really no context behind it. And Whereas this, I wanted something more official. I wanted like, okay, like I, I said, you yeah. know, that we already know Matt Reeves is doing the next Batman, right? But we don't yeah. know what the fuck is up if it's gonna be Ben or if it's gonna be a new Batman. This was their chance to say the Batman is coming October 2020, and it's gonna be blah blah blah. You know, I like, think with, I think with that, I, I think I think that's another part of my school of thought is. Anytime Batman gets mentioned within the, the the worlds of DC these days, the first thing anybody asks is about Ben Affleck. Yeah. And I feel like no matter what they say, no matter what they do, there's still those rumors of, but is Ben Affleck really staying? Like they, I remember when that THR article dropped last year, that article really sent me into a rage. <laughs> um, because it was right, it was the day before DC's panel at Comic Con. The day DC's panel was going to be all Justice League, because Justice League was getting ready to come out, and it was the day before their panel. THR drops that article: Is Ben Affleck going to announce that he's leaving, leaving as Batman? And to me, I felt like it was sabotage. Right. And what ended up happening within the next couple days was Matt Reeves. Gave a statement that said, no, Ben is my Batman. Um, the Warner Brothers studio chief, whose name I am blanking on right now, uh, Kevin Sujahara, he, yeah. he he gave a quote and said, no, Ben Affleck is staying as Batman. And then the next day at Comic-Con, yeah. at the yeah. Justice League panel, <laughs> Ben Affleck was like, I, I, I don't understand. Why well, don't I understand why everybody thinks I'm leaving? I yeah no I'm I'm here for Matt Reeves. I want to work with Matt Reeves. Yeah. Like yeah, everyone was he like, had just come off the Apes movies, and he said he said I'd jump around the floor like an ape for Matt Reeves. So he's yeah. like, of course I'm doing the Batman. But all know, anybody so. said for the next couple of days, even even uh, uh, Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg, is like. Ben's excited to play Batman. Like, I, I don't understand. But all anybody said of that was, well, yeah, but they're lying. He's right. making it up. He's just, they're putting on a front. He's an actor. It's like, so you, so you won't trust any, you won't trust the director, the studio chief, or the man himself when they say he's sticking around as Batman. But some schmuck on the internet with no sources says, I heard Ben Affleck wants out as Batman. We'll believe that jackass? Really? <laughs> So I think I think the reason they didn't is I think they're going to wait until like they have something to show people that says like like I think they're waiting until production's ready to say, hey, we started shooting last week. Guess who was on set in the bat suit? Ben Affleck. Blow it out your ass. <laughs> like I think and also ah, don't forget. Don't forget. We still got New York Comic Con in October. So I think they took San Diego Comic Con as a chance to say Disney's got no presence. Let's go in there with we gotta get Aquaman's trailer out there. We just wrapped on Shazam. Let's build some hype for that. We've got three other huge movies coming out here soon with with uh 
uh, or two two other movies because Glass isn't Warner Brothers. Two other huge movies coming out, which is uh, Godzilla and 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 uh, Fantastic Beasts: Crimes of Grindelwald. Let's tell them about everything going on with you know because we also got new trailers for the next season of Arrow and the Flash, as well as what the big crossover events going to be. And they dropped the information about uh, the DC Universe streaming service, which backfired a little bit, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, I think they brought just enough to the table for San Diego Comic-Con. They, they came in dick swinging, but at the same time, they've still got some stuff saved back so that when New York Comic-Con hits in October... When Disney comes in saying, all right, now it's our turn to flex our muscles, Warner Brothers and Disney can be like, no, 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 we're still here, too. And they can drop some more announcements that way. Because I, I think I think San Diego Comic-Con tends to be more for your presentations, and New York Comic-Con is more for um, now here's what's coming next. Because it's closer to the end of the year. It's in October. You know, it's summertime. It's blockbuster season. Let's show trailers and and videos and have a big party. New York Comic Con. Let's go do some business. All right, we will see. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm not sure, man. You know, I I understood it last summer with the, all the stuff you're saying with Ben because Justice League still hadn't come out. You could yeah. not in any way, shape, or form, whether Ben wanted out or not admit that before justice league came out you just couldn't because it, it would have sucked to put out justice league knowing ben's already left the project he wants nothing to do with dc anymore <laughs> and like you know and then try to be like here's justice league your big crossover movie so like but justice league's been you know it's already been out for almost a year now this was their chance to solidify if matt reeves would have came out and been like all right guys you've been waiting for some news on the batman here's the dealio you know, like, here is a release date. You know, he, they said he's already turned in the first, you know, part of the draft. He's been working on this fucking screenplay for over a year. He's got to be close to being ready to go. Let us know what's up. Because we're still getting all those conflicting rumors that, oh, Matt Reeves wants to go year one. He's going to go a lot younger. He's going to do all this stuff. It's going to be a new Batman. I personally don't want that. I love Ben Affleck as Batman. I think he's probably the best on-screen Batman we've ever had because he's the closest to me to the comic book. Um, I, I've loved Ben. I thought Ben killed it in Batman v Superman. There's moments in Justice League where you can it's hit and miss, but if he's dialed in, and I think you know he's been given this year plus off or whatever since Justice League wrapped to kind of do other things, get his mind right, you know, get everything settled. Boom, let's do Batman, let's come out. I just think it would have been a really cool announcement to hey, just let us fucking know at this point. Ben's yeah. coming back, we're coming out in a year, look for the Batman. Here's our who our bad guy's going to be. They, they could have made a real big blast. Um, or just, you know, hey, here's the announcement now. Ben is gone, we're going to go with, with, you know, you know Matt Bomber now. Like, I don't know, what you know, like, it's going to, you know, here's just our next Batman and this is what we're doing. Um, so... Who knows? Like I said, I, I'm just picking a gripe now at just, I, in my mind, leading up to Comic-Con, I expected DC, since they did have the whole floor to themselves, to just be like, bam, here's our shit, the, here's the confirmed stuff, you know, um, so that that's just what I'm saying with that side of it. No, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I, again, I also, like I said, I think, I think the biggest thing is just that if they do that, then what do they have to bring to New York Comic Con? 
You know what I mean? But New York but is, it, is a whole whole different thing than San Diego, man. It really, it really is. But I, I think they still want to have a presence there, especially if Disney and Marvel are going to be there. If they brought in, you know, like I said, I, I honest to God think Marvel having no presence at San Diego this year was a mistake. I think that was a big mistake. Um, there is plenty they have that they could have and should have brought to San Diego this year. And I'm, I'm honestly really disappointed that they didn't. I think it was a mistake because now, cause they've gotten nothing until captain Marvel comes out. They don't have any more movies coming out this year. They're done for the year. Um, they had an opportunity to start building hype for captain Marvel. Now it's Marvel. They don't need help building hype. But now that means they're going to wait till October or you're going to drop it somewhere after Comic-Con, but before new, before October in New York, they had a golden opportunity to come in with Captain Marvel stuff. So maybe some announcements about Avengers four or what's coming up after Avengers four to now say, we're going to wait and do that at New York or just some other random day of the year. Well, you know, Disney has a, feels like a misstep D 23 convention too, which is right. But kind of um, started holding off on, but I think with D 23, they're not, they don't having another one until 2019. They only do D 23 every other year. Uh, they only do it every other year since they had one last year. Their next one isn't until 2019. Right. So, um, yeah, but Marvel's in a whole other boat that they can just do uh, like they did a couple years ago where they're just like send out a press release and they're like, everybody come to this theater on this random Thursday <laughs> and then be like, here's yeah. our whole slate for the next four years. You know, I mean, Marvel doesn't need Comic-Con, to be honest. I mean, it would have been nice, obviously, to, to do some Captain Marvel stuff, but they're still holding Avengers 4 very close to the chest. They don't even want to announce the title yet, so they weren't going to do anything about that. So really, all, all they would have done would have been Captain Marvel. I think, you know, if Ant-Man was still coming out like next month or something, they probably would have done at least an Ant-Man panel. But being that everything has already been said and done, you know, I think they left it to the TV shows and stuff like that, you know, because I know Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was there and, you know, some of the other stuff. So then they, they did panels out on the floor. But, yeah, they didn't need a big Hall H one this year. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't need it, but I, I, I just think it was a missed opportunity because – because whether they did it now or in October, it's still just going to be Captain Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> Why not go ahead and do it at the big one? Because San Diego is infinitely bigger than New York Comic Con. Yeah. So if you're gonna if you're gonna drop this sucker, why not do it at the big event? You could have had a you could have had not necessarily a Hall Age event, but you could have had a, a, a presentation in another room. Yeah. Just well, they, for Captain Marvel. Yeah, and they, they did rap filming, and they they could have shown something, even if they just did something. Uh, more teaser side and then uh, did the full trailer yeah. in October, you know, because yeah. I feel like we're going to have a trailer for that movie before October anyway, just because it comes out in like February. So <laughs> I, right. I, I oh, yeah, it makes they sense. usually release that first trailer about a year in advance. So um, I'm surprised we haven't, we didn't get at least a little something, something, but we're going to get off on another tirade. So <laughs> we'll kind of <laughs> scale it back 
on over here and we'll kind of wrap this baby up but uh hey you know so check out all those trailers they are all actually on our official webpage on amiontheair.com if you click on the trailers tab you can see every all the trailers we just talked about um and also also of course listen to all the great podcasts so um you know i want to thank uh mike over here check out his show mike talks funny it's over on the spreaker network uh eventide entertainment so definitely check that all out mike Go ahead and uh, pimp your stuff. Pimp my stuff. Mike Talks Funny drops Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Uh, I also host Track Record with Robert Yetter Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Uh, all on the Eventide Entertainment Podcast Network. Uh, we've got great. We got a different show for every day of the week, so go check that out. You can check out more at eventideent.com or my website, mikeshaycomedy.com. All the information you need is there. Uh, Don has been a guest. We get comedians, filmmakers, podcasters. It's a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, I loved coming on, loved coming on today, Don. This was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. Thank you for working with it and coming on and, uh, I love being able to break down these things on the, am I still on the airs and, and break even deeper into it than what we do on the regular program. And yeah, definitely check it out. I was on Mike talks funny a couple weeks back. I've been promoting that out. So if you haven't listened to my episode over on his network, definitely check that out. Uh, we talk a lot about red dragons radio and just kind of about podcasting in general. So definitely peep that. Uh, you could follow Mike as well on uh, stardust. We always talk about stardust. So you could see our reactions to these trailers as we dropped them. I know I dropped mine over the weekend oh, yeah. and so did Mike and you know, so definitely follow us on Stardust. Um, is yours just Mike Talks Funny? On uh, Stardust is Mike Talks Movies. Mike Talks Movies on Stardust. I'm, of course, Don Mega on Stardust as well. You can always follow me at DX Don Mega and, of course, the show at Am I on the Air. Once again, amiontheair.com. And, of course, be on the lookout, too, for another new episode of Am I on the Air. Talking a lot of Comic-Con news as well uh, and everything else in the world of entertainment from the last week and uh, our movie review uh, of the week will be for uh, Equalizer 2, so we'll get down on that as well. So, um, But this one here, once again, rest in peace, Mr. John Schnepp, and um, check out those trailers oh, oh, on the website. Speaking about John Schnepp, I want yes. to remind everybody, um, if you want to help out because his medical bills are just astronomical right now, um, and Holly, unfortunately, now has to take on that debt, um, there is a GoFundMe up. If you go to GoFundMe.com slash GetWellJohnSchnepp fundraiser or just search John Schnepp GoFundMe, uh, you will find it. They have raised a lot of money, and, and every little bit helps because obviously the bills just keep piling up. Uh, Kevin Smith has donated. Bill Sienkiewicz, who's a legendary comic book uh, writer, uh, who you know, writer for, for Moon Knight and all that, uh, he, he has donated. Um it's all over the place, uh, so make sure you guys go do that. That's going to help out a lot as well. If you every little bit can help, whether it's a dollar, a thousand dollars, whatever. Exactly, anything you can do will help, and um, we'll definitely be tweeting out some links and stuff for that, as we've been doing. So, yeah, definitely help out uh, any way you can, uh, if you can, for sure. Um, so, yeah, thanks for getting that out there. Yeah, definitely check out the GoFundMe, and uh, we'll, like I said, we'll get links out there in case you guys need it. Um, but uh, thanks to Mike again, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And until next time, y'all. Peace. Red Dragons!